Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Sander here for another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Hope you all had a nice weekend. Um, the NBA Finals, two games in Warriors, easily in control of Cleveland. I, I guess you can't be surprised considering how great Golden State is, but at the same point, you know, if you're going to tell me, you know, LeBron is one of the best players of all time, you would think these things would be closer. I'm not, I mean, LeBron had a triple-double, not saying it was on him, but you would think these things would be closer. So we'll see what happens to Cleveland. Maybe we'll get a good series, but boy, it sure doesn't look like it at this point. But I guess we thought the same thing a year ago. All right, here's what's on um, podcast today. Uh, last week, uh, I spoke with Connor Dirks from truthaboutit.net about Boyan Bogdanovich. We did his season review. Uh, but then the last part of that, we, we went into potential free agents the Wizards could get on the wing, small forward, shooting guard, if Bogdanovich leaves, he is a restricted free agent. I think it's a reasonable chance that he doesn't come back. Um, things could change, but it's, you know, probably not. I wouldn't project that he would come back. If that's the case, the Wizards have got to figure out some more firepower off the bench. I mean, they need that regardless, but that becomes particularly true and specific, I guess, to this player uh, and 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 what, um, you know, what, what he brings. The, the one thing also we try to look at here, at least a little bit, some players that maybe those kind of guys who maybe will take a little bit less to come play with John Wall because he's got that hit, that reputation of helping guys get that next big payday. So maybe a couple guys who are looking for that big payday decide, hey, let me go play with John Wall and uh, see what I can do. So talked about that. Um, so we'll get to that here in just one quick second. If you missed any of last week's show, please, of course, go check it out on iTunes or Audio Boom or Stitcher. You can, of course, subscribe on iTunes. That way you won't miss any of the podcasts. Uh, last week included the Otto Porter season review, a one-on-one with former NBA All-Star Kenny Anderson, and a whole bunch more. Also including the first part, again, that I did with Connor on Boyan Bogdanovich. So check all that out and more good podcasts on deck. I should say that the Wizards are back at it Monday, practicing or, or, or working at NBA draft prospects. Uh, two names in particular to keep an eye on. Frank Mason, the third point guard from Kansas. It was the National Player of the Year in in some spots, and then you had, um, and then you have wing guard Tyler Dorsey from Oregon. Both of these guys can really shoot the three. The Wizards obviously need backcourt help, and there's a decent chance that these two guys may be there at 52 uh, when the Wizards have their second round pick. So that'll be that'll be kind of what probably Monday's podcast will be on some level, and other fun stuff coming up this week. So let's get into this. Here's Connor Dirks. From truthaboutit.net, on Twitter, at Connor D.D. Dirks, we are talking about 
some potential free agents for the Wizards if, in fact, Boyan Bogdanovich does not return. Connor, we're down to the last question, but this one leads us to a different topic, and that is the who of it all, as in who are you interested in should Bogdanovich move on? Now, I came up with a couple of names. I don't know if, if you did as well, but here, here are some names that jump out at me. Now, you know, I looked at the list of potential free agents, restricted and unrestricted. I tried to keep it within reason. You know, in other words, you know, Fine. They could could they use JJ Redick? Sure. He's not coming here huh. for what the Wizards have to offer, and it wouldn't even probably make a lot of sense for a hundred reasons. But in any event, you know, so I try to keep it within reason as to the player, the, the 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 amount of money the Wizards will be able to spend. And, you know, until we see how they what they do with the marching gore tots and frankly with Otto and with Bogdanovich, it's hard to say exactly what they'll be able to spend, but we'll just sort of play it out as best we can. So sure. Let's start with sort of the, the two guards. I know Bogdanovich was a, was a small forward, but in essence, he was sort of asked to play both roles. Here's a guy that jumps out at me right off the bat and a guy that we'll be watching here for the next couple weeks in the NBA Finals, Ian Clark. Ian Clark, oh, interesting. Shot 6'3", two guard, shot 37% from the field this year. Or, sorry, 37, 37% from three this year. He's obviously played with Golden State now the last couple of years, so he's got that experience. He only made a little over a million dollars. Uh, this year, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't know if Golden State will be able to keep him. Um, I believe he's an unrestricted free agent. You know, they got so much money tied up in so many other guys. They're going to have Durant and Curry to worry about. So I'm going to guess Ian Clark may be able to slide out. Um, I don't know if he's ideally for me. I should say, like, I'd like them to figure out how to, if they're going to take money and spend it on a guard. Somebody who can sort of play the two and the one would be ideal. I don't know if he's really mm-hmm. a guy for that, but when a, a guy a young, relatively cheap, can shoot from three, he's a, he's somebody that jumped out at me. I, I'm not expecting you to necessarily have deep thoughts on any of these guys. But <laughs> does Ian Clark? Uh, uh, yeah, no. I mean, Ian Clark is is a guy that I was definitely on my radar. Um, he played a bit more, I think. Uh, was it last season? Um, but no, he's he's got the build for what the Wizards need. I mean, he's like a you know, one two around what is he, six three, six four. Um still fairly young, so he's he's in that kind of veteran but not um not like a, a rookie rookie type uh situation. But no, I, I like him. I mean he's if the Wizards can find someone to be their uh, backup guard, combo guard, um, and can retain a guy who actually works for them, then you know I'm I'm willing to to experiment again and again until they find it. Um, you know he he doesn't do he doesn't do much else. But he hasn't been given much chance to do much else. So yeah, I like it. All right, I've got other names, but I don't want to hog the floor here. Do, any, do, you, do you have a name, or do you want me to uh, keep going down? Sure. Well, you know, I, and I don't know how. I thought of a few, and I'm not sure how realistic any of these are. Um, and it seems like you went kind of with a one-two guard, and um, I was thinking, you know, is there a guy who can fill in in that backup two through four, you know, positionless basketball sure. um, now that we're in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, some names that come up and, uh, some of these guys might 
be out of the Wizards' range. But you have uh, Cephalosha, who fell out of um, the starting lineup in Atlanta. James Johnson, who had a big year with the Heat. Um, he's restricted, and he really can't shoot free throws to save his life. Um, and I have no idea whether Oklahoma City is interested in him long term. But Andre Roberson is a guy that um, probably because I had him on a fantasy team this year, I paid a little bit too much attention to him. Um, but he's a guy who could come and defend way different look than, um, you know, a shooter, a wing shooter, although he can, he shoots. Okay. Um, so those are some guys I was thinking there's PJ Tucker, Dante Cunningham, although you know Tucker, I think will probably be out of their price range. Um, so yeah, I just kind of gave you the rapid fire. Well, I think I think a guy like Cephalosha is interesting. I mean, I remember what, you know during the Wizards Hawks series, you know he wasn't playing there for a little bit, and I think we're all like, wait, why isn't this dude playing? Um, right. Seems like he should. You know, six seven. You're known as he can play. You know, swing man can play. He's pretty good defensively. You know, I wouldn't say he's a great three point shooter, but career thirty four percent or thirty four and a half percent. So he's an interesting guy. He's also going to be what is he now? He's 33 now so getting up there a little bit but uh yeah he's the kind of guy you know I, I i when it comes to the wizards i try to think of some players is there somebody the wizards could get to take less money than maybe they would normally right to play with wall hoping that they can be this year's bogdanovich jared dudley martel webster whatever Martel webster and, yeah and good on the list and get that pop and and with that in mind here's a guy that i came up with hit me all right, I don't, you, you either may think, wow, this is awesome. You may just boo the hell out of me. I'm not sure. But <laughs> the, the gist of it is this. He shot 41% from three over the last two seasons, but he's also only played 39 games over the last two seasons because of foot and thumb injuries. He turns 30 in August, but when he plays, he's got game. It's just a matter of does he get a play, and the person I'm describing is none other than Jody Meeks. I'm with it. No, I, I think that's great. Um, and it, that fits what you were talking about earlier is, is there a guy who will, would sign with the wizards to get his career back on track for maybe a little bit less than they would otherwise? Um, yeah, he fits the profile and he is a great three point shooter, which is why I think um, he got signed by, was it the Pistons? Um, yeah, he was with the Pistons then he ended up in Orlando Right, it was Van Gundy though that gave him uh, a pretty, pretty sizable deal um, after he had a really great three-point shooting year, and no better person to get your three-point shooting uh, reputation uh, buttressed than with uh, John Wall. So, yeah, no, I love, I love that one. I think he's a great fit. Using word, using words like buttressed is why Connor is. Uh... You know, a a, a a is is a worthy podcast guest. He helps bring up the IQ of the <laughs> of the podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, when you start looking at those numbers, how many games he's missed over the last two years, it's a little too Alan Andersony, and that that that, that makes sure. me a little nervous. But he's not, you know, he's turns thirty this year. That's not. I mean, Anderson was a bit older, and uh, you know, when, again, when he like, I I went and looked at um, the uh, I was reading, trying to read something up on him, and. You know, I'll I'll be honest. I hate to say this because there's people who cover the Wizards who write for this site. But you know, you, you look at I, pu- I pulled up a, a somebody on fan sided the Orlando Magic version of fan sided wrote something about him, and I get 
nervous because I don't know who this kid is that's writing it, but it's all I could find. So I'm taking it grain of salt, but for what it was. And basically the gist was when he played, he was pretty good. I mean, like I said, he shot a pretty high percentage from three. It was just a matter of the injury. So it's just, if you know, if you feel comfortable with where he's at. Now he did make, I think about $6.2 million this year. Uh, you know, again, if, if he's going to have to cut back a little bit for the Wizards, you know, is that worth it for him to 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 uh, to get a year with John Wall? Maybe. And, uh, you know, that could be a kind of low, uh, you know, low low investment move for the Wizards um, that they could go with. Um, yeah, you know, and, and he's, I think, I don't want to say, uh, I don't, I mean, he's fallen into relative obscurity is what I would say. Two years ago when he signed a, a decent-sized deal, he was um, he was a little bit more hot than he is right now um, and, and totally probably the injuries to blame. So um, if the Wizards feel comfortable with that injury history, he, he fits the bill. Uh, and 6-7, probably too much, but if the Wizards can get him for, you know, four or five, um, that might be something they should consider. All right, here's some other names that I, I found here. Some I'll, I'll look at the th- uh, three young guys. You got James Young on the Celtics. He he hasn't played more than 31 games in any season. I think largely because you know, as we saw with the with the Wizard series, Boston is uh, fairly deep at the wing spots. You know, when you look at the Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowd, or whatever. So James Young, who's a true swingman, never really found anywhere to get in. Get in. He's only he'll turn 22 this season, so he's still very young. Former first round pick out of Kentucky. So, I mean, we're still talking about a puppy who just hasn't been able to get into the rotation. Now, maybe that's because sure. he hasn't proven to be good enough, but maybe, you know, you, you take a shot. I'm sure John Wall would endorse another Kentucky guy. Um, I tried not looking too much at restricted free agents because that's a whole more complicated deal. But you got Ben McLemore, who was in the same draft in the Otto Porter. I know yep. a lot of people wanted the Wizards to take him um, there instead of Porter. He really hasn't found his stride. Yeah. He, he's a guy that, you know, is for, uh, grew up playing a little bit with Bradley Beal, I think, back in the AAU days. His athletic wing, you know, again, maybe potentially low investment. I don't know where Sacramento is on keeping him if, if somebody signs into an offer, but who knows. Um, sure, but, and, and you never know if the reason that Macklemore hasn't improved is because he's been on Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, if we're going really deep, a uh, guy like Ron Baker, he was played 52 games as a rookie this year for the Knicks. Uh, there, there's it's incredibly not- deep. Yeah, there's not much to look there from the st- incredibly deep. Yeah, there's not much to look there from the stats. But I always liked his game at Wichita State, and you know, I thought when when I saw him play against the Wizards, I think he looked like a like an interesting player. The Knicks may have to let him go, if, depending on what they want to do in free agency. So that's really going deep. Um, a couple of vet, a couple of veterans now. If we look sort of at small forwards, uh, I don't know if this guy will make it work financially, but C.J. Miles just uh, this week opted out of his four point eight million dollar contract. He shot 41% from three. He is 30. He's maybe looking for that one last big deal. So I don't know if that the Wizards make sense for him, but he sure. and, you, and you know CJ was going to opt out of that deal as soon as Paul George criticized his shot taking in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and also if he thinks that Paul George is out of there, then uh, right, that that's a whole rebuild situation. Um, Omri Caspi, a guy that I've always kind of liked, partly because he's with mm-hmm. the, where he and I are in the same tribe. Uh, turns uh turns 28 this year he's a career 37 percent three-point shooter uh played on three teams last year so his last year stats kind of all over the place plus he had a thumb injury but he's six nine can also swing up to the four uh so yep. he could give you bogdanovich perhaps but going three to four which they kind of you know they sort of have jason smith but i think caspi maybe gives you a little more uh versatility 
there. And I got one more name for you here. I really expect you and the listeners to be mad about this one. <laughs> he's he's one of the most frustrating players in the league. Some games you watch. Oh, no, and you're you going to say Jeff Green. And, so, and and you think <laughs> you think wow this guy he looks like a freaking all star. Then other games you watch you're like wait why is this guy in the league? What's going on? Yes, you are correct. You you win the prize, Jeff Green. <laughs> For <laughs> Georgetown guy, for talking about a guy who maybe views the whole "Hey, let me go play with John Wall" kind of thing, maybe. I mean, he shot twenty-seven percent from three last year. His numbers, his career lows all over the place. But then again, his point guard in Orlando was what Alfred Payton, so not exactly John True. Wall. But yeah, I you know it's Jeff Green, um, the kind of guy that a team's always going to pay um, and then always going to regret. So. I don't know. You're right. I do hate it. <laughs> well, the fact that I said one of the most frustrating <laughs> players in the league and you, you didn't need a lifeline, you immediately got to correct Jeff Green, <laughs> says, says, says a lot. Um, the only thing I would say, if you could get him on the dirt cheap, you know, the, the you know one of the, like the mid-level exception or whatever, and you're not viewing him as a centerpiece, you're just viewing him as, hey, we have Marquise Morris, we have Mahimi and or Gortat, and we have Jason Smith, and Jeff Green can fit in there somewhere. Maybe I don't sure. hate it, but at the same point, yeah, I mean, his career it definitely feels like it's gone the wrong way. I, you know, he's from here. You know, would playing home help boost him at all? I, I have no idea. Uh, but uh, you know, I, but I, but that's the thing. It's got to be cheap. I'd say that it's got to be cheap. Yeah. No, it's got to be cheap. He was really bad last year, so I can't comprehend he's getting crazy money. He got $15 million last year from Orlando, so hopefully if he saved up, he could look to take a, a cheap deal to, a, you know, maybe, again, maybe benefit from playing on this team and, uh, <clears throat> and seeing what you could do. But uh, I'm glad yeah. I saved potentially the, the worst for last. If I had started with Jeff Green, <laughs> you might have hung up on me. <laughs> I'd have heard you out. All right, I appreciate it. Um all right, man. Well, that's kind of where I'm at with with those free agents and and uh, and Bogdanovich. Um, any um, <clears throat> any any last thoughts from you? Are, are, am I going to see you out in Vegas if I go out there for summer league? You might, you might. Um, I, I guess my last thought is that I think the Wizards are going to resign Otto, um, which may or may not color. I mean, resign. Uh, that they're going to pay out of whatever they need to pay him is, I guess, how I should put it. Um, and may take what you will from that, but it may make Bogdanovich uh, feel expendable to them, given that investment. So that, that's my lasting thought on the Bogdanovich situation. And thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Hey, man, like I said, definitely uh, too long. I should have had you on earlier. Uh, but I'm glad we got it here. I'm glad, uh, you know, if, if I was going to wait, I'm glad I saved that, saved you up for this perfect Bogdanovich spot, seeing as how you are a, uh, you know, ha- ha- have Brooklyn connections. And this was yeah, a temporary Brooklynite. Yes. God, it came from Brooklyn to the Wizards. So who better than than Mr. Connor Dirks to uh, discuss? Uh, appreciate it, man. Glad, glad we could get you on. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. All right. And there you have my... Uh, conversation with Connor Dirks about potential replacements if Borjan Bogdanovich were to leave or not. Obviously, just the Wizards gonna need they're gonna need some help. Regardless, I, I loved his reaction. He immediately knew I meant uh, I was bringing up Jeff Green when I talked about a frustrating player uh, that uh, that legitimately made me uh, 
LOL um, <clears throat> on that one. The Jody Meeks one. The more I think, the more I think about it, the more I'm intrigued. You never know if if somebody else wants him now from you know a sizable contract. You know the Wizards may not be able to to compete, but you know again from sort of that rehabbing your uh, status standpoint, playing with John Wall could be a very good way to go. So I definitely enjoyed that one. More of that type of conversation to come as we get to some other players. I'm gonna I, I'm I'm sure when we get to to whatever degree I decide to do a player review on Trey Burke and Brandon Jennings and. You know, maybe with, with, with Tomas Adaransky and, and Sheldon McClellan, as we look at those kinds of players, I'm sure we'll get into potential guards who could be uh, new new guys that could come in and help uh, the Wizards at, at those areas of needs as well. Um, so just as a quick add-on here, um, I spoke with former uh, GW player and you ended up transferring to Butler, Keith and Savage, the local kid. He was one of the NBA draft prospects at the workout last week with Mello Trimble. I interviewed him for a few minutes. Didn't really have anywhere to put it, so I'm just going to put it in here. Uh, like I said, you know, we talked. It was sort of interesting. He said that he only got the notice that he was coming to, to work out that day of of the workout, which was a morning workout. So he got into to, to that, and you know, it's sort of interesting to hear from a from a kid. This is what he wants to do, and he's getting this opportunity, and uh, you know. Let's see where he's at. Uh, I've covered Keith and since he got to GW. He's always been a really nice kid. Um, so I'm glad to see that uh, he's getting a chance to, uh, you know, live out his dream. That's pretty uh, That's pretty cool. So here's my interview with him uh, and back on Monday with more, or back Monday night, I guess, with more Locked on Wizards. Uh, we'll see what we, some NBA draft talk, if nothing else, and some other things for sure. All right, we're here with uh, Keith and Savage, former GW guard, finished up his career at Butler, and he, I, I show up today at the Verizon Center for Wizards workout, and his name is on the list, and I was not expecting it, and you said they just called you this morning. How does that even, like, work? I mean, when I woke up today, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? You work out. Oh, crap, I'm going to go work out for, yeah. to, for my dreams. How, how, did that, how did that come about? Yeah, it was, a, it was kind of a crazy experience. Um, you know, they always talk about, you know, when you're coming up, you know, you got dreams of playing the NBA, you know, just got to stay ready, you know. Um, you don't know when your opportunity going to come, but, you know, just prepare. So I've just been working out in D.C. the last, you know, since I've been home, since graduation about three weeks ago, just working out. And so, you know, I'm doing this normal, my normal routine, get up in the morning, work out um, down the street with Hanif Hill at uh, Boys and Girls Club. And, you know, before I even walk in the gym, he tells me, you know what, you're like, uh, just get back in your car, you're going down the street, work out with the Wizards. So. It was uh it was kind of crazy but exciting at the same time. It was a great experience. So how how was that? Like, I'm I'm sure it's gotta be different going. What, the other guys you've already talked to, including Melo Trimble, said it was a pretty intense workout. How did what they just put you through compared to whatever you're doing on a normal level? Uh yeah, it's definitely nothing like I've experienced before. Uh, um, a lot of skill work, a lot of uh, shooting, and um, a lot of live competition. Which uh, you know, as a player, that's what you live for. Um, it was a great experience. Um, that's my first uh, NBA workout, you know, that I've been through. So um, um, it, was, it was great to get a tasting. What uh, and so talk to me about this process. I mean, so you're, you're you're done with school. You're not thinking about the next step. What have you been kind of working on? What are your expectations in terms of what what may come next? Uh, I've really just been I've been working on all parts of my game, trying to improve, but um, especially my shooting, my three point shooting, um, catch and shoot, um, you know, coming off screens or. Um, 
know off backside action, be able to adjust to the three-point line and be able to knock down open shots. And then also being able to, you know, get to attack the rim, which is something I've always been successful at doing, pretty successful at doing or known for doing. And just do, trying to do that, take that to a higher level because, you know, NBA is bigger, stronger, faster guys, whatever next level, um, you know, brings forward is something I'm just trying to prepare for. When I got to watch your GW on a consistent basis, you were always the one guy on that team that could get his, and that was the one thing that always stood out to you, and then I know you had the injury, but then you went to Butler, and so on and so on. Is that part of your game? Is that uh, the, the, your athleticism? Is that sort of where you think you can maybe uh, stand out here? Yeah, I think uh, my athleticism uh, can stand out. Um, um, you know, just continuing to get in, the, in elite shape. You know, I want to take my body to somewhere it's never been before, and if I do that, then um, I think my athleticism, um, you know, will surprise a lot of people, and a lot of people don't know how athletic I am. Um, so just it, just trying to prepare myself mentally and physically as much as possible. You, uh, this part of the story I was told, I guess, when you went to Butler, was you wanted to play more point guard, and obviously when GW, Joe McDonald was here and so on. I guess, how much was that true, and what do you think you sort of learned playing, uh, got, got the show at point guard, kind of learn about that position? Uh, it was absolutely true. Two biggest factors for me transferring was uh, being able to play a point guard position and also playing kind of a pick and roll offense more instead of a uh, GW. was more of a, a little more of a flex offense. Um, and so that transition uh, helped me a little bit. Uh, had the ball in my hands. I mean, I had the ball in my hands a lot at GW, but at the point guard position where, you know, I'm not counted on as much to make shots um, all the time as I am just to be able to take care of the ball and create possession, uh, high-quality possessions for my team, which is something that was a major focus for me at Butler. Um, I forget, did you, did you play against Trimble in – when Maryland GW played, or were you were you not there that year? I can't I remember. Was, I think uh, that was the year after. I think was okay. my sophomore year we played them. He was still in high school, I think. Okay, okay gotcha, gotcha. Um, what is it? There's a lot of local flavor here. I mean, obviously, you and Mello and uh, DJ Fenner played at Gonzaga for a year, and mm-hmm. Artis is a Baltimore kid, and James Wixon's a William & Mary. I don't know how yeah. familiar with you are with, the, with any of these guys, but were you, and I guess does that sort of help to at least recognize some guys as you're coming in here? Uh, I recognize uh, a couple guys. And first time being on court with a lot of them, I played Melo in high school. I played Dan- with them against Daniel, you know, growing up in this area. So um, a lot of guys, you know, I was familiar with or uh, had some experience with. But it was good to be in a, uh, this town. This area has a lot of talent, so it's good to have a lot of familiar faces on the court. Did you? I don't even know. Did you grow up a Wizards fan, or how much did you watch them growing up? Uh, I was always an Irish. I always wanted the Wizards to do well. You know what I'm saying? Right. This area always is buzzing. The Wizards make the playoffs or have any sort of success. Um, you know, I'm always pulling for them. I always want them to do well. Um, especially back in the, the Gilbert, you know, Karan era. Um, I was a LeBron fan at the time, but it was always great to see the Wizards do well, man. Right, well, no, nobody will hold that against you, you know. You're, you're young. You don't know any better. No, just kidding. Uh, what, what, uh, what now? Like, I mean, I, obviously this was something of a surprise moment. You, what, what's your what's your plan now going forward? Do you have a sense of any other potential workouts coming up? Uh, yeah. Uh, trying, my agent has been talking to a few teams, trying to schedule uh, with a few other teams. Um I'm just trying to stay ready, you know, um, opportunity like this, um, you know, presents itself. I just want to be able to go out and go out, go out and compete, compete and uh, be prepared at the highest level I'm capable of being. Cool. Keith and Matt, I really appreciate it, man. Best of luck. Good to see you back in town. I mean, you, I knew you were in town, but good to see you uh, yeah. in a basketball setting, man, and best of luck. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Thank <laughs> you.
Bull drive, off balance shot. Dagger!